online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Welcome, you're listening to Mimi Harker and this is Mimi Meet. As with every week on my show, I love to bring you people who I think you will really, really A, enjoy their company and B, you will find them inspiring and you will find something from them that you've not known before or not heard before or not learned before and as we're still at the beginning of the year and we're still in new resolution mode I thought what better than to bring you two amazing ladies that I have met through my work my life my general everyday sort of environment and they were brought into my life to help me get me sorted out and to find my path through some of the many mires that go through my skull <laughs> because I have a very 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 convoluted brain in there that seems to go in about 20 different directions all at the same time. So, without further ado, I will bring you my very special guest this week. I have Anne James and I have Karen Haynes and they are both amazing life coaches. Welcome ladies to Wickham Sound. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. So, life coaching. So, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you and I, Anne, we met through Henley Business School um, and and how, you know, so tell us a little bit about Henley and what that does and what you do there and how our paths crossed. Yes, well, um, the first thing to say, I suppose, is that as one of the world's leading business schools, uh, Henley runs courses, predominantly for people in business. Uh, and, and what we introduced many years ago as part of those courses was the opportunity for the people who come along to be able to work one-to-one with a coach. So it's interesting to think about how we describe those coaches so life coaches business coaches executive coaches all of those phrases uh, will be used in different contexts but ultimately I think as I see it and certainly I've now worked with about 600 individuals at the business school and they all end up talking about life so they're there because they are brought there through their business uh, and their life comes with them so it may be that we start off talking about some of the issues that might be going on for them at work. We use all sorts of psychometric tests and what have you that, that form part of the work. But ultimately, it's it's about wider life. And, and so uh, the way that our paths crossed was fascinating because uh, of many of the coaches that work at Henley, a number of us also work in other contexts. So some of us work privately with individuals who want to just go and talk things over with, with someone and have a listening ear. Uh, others, other, others of us also work in the charity sector. We do pro bono coaching. So there's a real mix of experience and approaches amongst that cohort of colleagues that I have at the business school. So I was very lucky, actually, to bump into you and to have you assigned to me as my coach because, of course, we did this through Community Impact Bucks where I came mm. in as a brand-new chairman and I had no idea what chairing a charity was all about because I'd always worked on the other side of things. So mm. um, the, the charity decided that, it, and I wanted this extra sort of help if you like in order to do my job properly and that's how you and I met and I have to say it's made a massive difference to the way I approach things and you know through the sessions that we've been having together just rethinking and I think sometimes just talking out loud makes that difference Mm -hmm. so I don't know does do people say that to you absolutely and and my starting point as a coach always is that you will know better than I do what you need to do to make a change Mm -hmm. and so we're all experts in ourselves aren't we Uh, sometimes we get tempted to think we're experts in other people but we're not 
And so my job as a coach is actually to kind of restrain myself very often uh, when I might think I know what might be good for or best for someone. Uh, And my focus always is on uh, supporting that person in thinking differently, thinking better about the things that they already know, because usually those resources are there. And I think you've, you've demonstrated that beautifully, Mimi. Well, I think it's amazing, actually, because I didn't understand what life coaching meant. I mean, when, when it was suggested to me that I do this, I, I did look at Diane and say, really? I mean, are you sure? And she said, oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be brilliant. You'll see what you, you go down this on, on this journey, if you like, and you will see what will come out of that journey. And it's quite an interesting journey. And I just thought, hmm, not sure about this, because, of course, I'd never done it before. Mm. But having started that journey, it is quite amazing what you discover about yourself. Mm. And it's amazing what you um, learn. And it's amazing how when you start articulating your thoughts, how so many things suddenly fall into place. I mean, Mm. so, for example, one of the things that my lovely listeners have been hearing from me regularly since we've been back in January um, is the fact that I'm changing my life this year. And I am, and I will, and I have to. And But I've got the mental strength now to do it. And maybe through our sessions when talking through some of the things, you've given me the tools to actually say, well, actually, yes, go for it. Mm-hmm. This is all you have to do. So, Karen, you, you are also a life coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how did you get into sort of life coaching? Well, um, my path to coaching was Henley. So that's the connection between Anne and I. Okay. Um, and it was actually, the, I think I would start um, with... You know, before I became a coach, um, I had sort of this itch suddenly to shake things up a bit. That's the only way I can describe it. Been in business for 25 years, and I just wanted to learn more and do more, but I didn't really know what that meant. Yep. And then, because I've always sort of been in the camp of lifelong learning, I yep. guess, I thought, I'm just going to retrain. Re- and, 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 and I found Henley. Didn't realise it was on my back doorstep, which was a gift frankly at the time because my kids were eight and five mm-hmm. um and I was doing that you know whole commuter thing from Beaconsfield into London and it all that's how it happened so about halfway through um my my course um that Anne um coaches on um, and that's how I met Anne she was my coach supervisor ah so oh, yeah so, ah, that was the connection okay. so you are mm. the coach that's coaching the coach uh, yes. are both coaching me absolutely <laughs> an essential part of practice because you know we have our you know people have their their kind of lives in our hands so it's very essential that we kind of um take our work to a to something that's beyond us okay effectively so halfway through the course that was it i i um had the offer of some work through the business school um on the mba program initially and actually somebody i met in my cohort because i was in a whole new world with a whole load of opportunity and choice that you know things just happen don't they they evolve um and so that then led to business coaching initially and as Anne quite rightly says you know I I also do um, private work for people generally that can't or don't have access to coaching through their own businesses so I do a lot of work with private individuals usually around sort of career transition or anything that you know is a hurdle or a obstacle or a challenge that needs talking out Um, and more recently health coaching which is sort of around weight loss weight management and a couple of other things that are you know that have been challenges for me that I've worked on, overcome, and now help other people with. Amazing, because you yeah. do look fantastic, and you, you would put that down to that particular strand of your work. Yeah, because you kind of um, can't help but get curious about yourself, just as you have said. It's a generative thing, coaching, isn't it? You know, you talk something out, 
and you can't help but learn because, as Anne says, you already know it. You just haven't had the opportunity to talk it and then you get those moments yes. where you think, ah, once you know something, you can't not know it, so then you've got the choice to do something. Indeed. Not, of course. But Indeed. Yeah. Well, you've got a motto yeah. around that, haven't you? <laughs> Which is, you know, you've got to commit yourself to it if you're oh, going to do it. Definitely. I, I think commitment for all of us is a big challenge. You know, life is busy, breakneck speed. So if you want to do something different, then... You've just got to, like, throw yourself into it and commit. Ride out the rough bits and keep going. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it can be absolutely. tough sometimes, can't it? Because I know with mm. myself, I mean, I, I got myself a gym membership and I'm mm. ashamed to say I've only ever used it three times. I wanted to get fit. I wanted mm. to lose some weight. I wanted to get healthier. I've got fibromyalgia. I wanted to keep all my joints moving. And I'm afraid I just failed miserably with trying to make myself go to the gym it just doesn't appeal to me and I think is there something in that um throw this open to both of you where you have to really want to do it that you know before you can even embark down that journey I'd say yes there definitely is and one of the prerequisites for me if someone says to me you know I'd like to do some coaching work with you is do you actually want the change that you tell me that you want uh, and that's not because someone else has told you you should want it or because, you know, it needs to be on your CV or because, you know, the, the doctor has said something to you. It's you actually want, you need to want that yourself. And I love your thing about, you know, the gym membership. It, I was at my local gym and I do actually go regularly and I was talking to the gym manager the other day and I said, God, it's busy up there today. And he said, don't worry, it'll be empty next month. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's the same every year because, yeah. you know, we, we make our commitments early on uh, and the energy and the impetus around those commitments is often driven by an external force so it's not something that's coming from within us uh, and the, the really critical thing to, to make sustainable change happen is that we need to we need a reward we need a payoff we mm. need to know that the mm. thing at the end mm. of that yes. rainbow is something that we yes. want for ourselves i want to see results if i go yeah. to the gym and sadly yeah. it doesn't happen in a week so mm. <laughs> that puts me off and that's a re- you know you you said literally five minutes ago this year is going to be my year it is. of change of newness of doing something different and i love that because part of the commitment thing is you know the world today makes a great case for miracle cures quick fixes hacks and they have their place but if we want you know things to be long lasting and kind of forever um then you know you need to be in it for the long haul and that's really really important and, and as Anne says, do, do you want it? Or find, a, find something that piques your interest. Yeah. So maybe it's just the gym doesn't do it for you. Mm-hmm. But there will be something. I just don't like going in there because there's all these people that are just all fit yeah. and healthy. They've been doing it for donkey's years. They all look amazing. They're all running on the treadmill as if it's, you know, going for a walk in the park. And there's me. I can't even walk on the treadmill without <laughs> falling over. <laughs> And I just find it very off-putting, I'm afraid. And it's just, you know, and these days it doesn't, I don't think it matters which gym you go to. There is so little sort of support in there around you, you know, staff, etc. you know, to encourage you, if you like. Um, You sort of think you feel very, very isolated and very on your own. And And I'm watching your faces just saying this, (laughs) Nelly, and and lots of sort of grimacing and wrinkling of the nose and, ooh, yuck. And, and, you know, it's, it's an important point, though, that we actually only successfully commit to doing things that we, hear that our brains hear positively so when we're driven by 
I want, you know, I'm going to do this because I don't want to be or because I need to get away from, we're less likely to succeed mm-hmm. than if we say, I want to do this because what I want is. Yeah. So being able to frame positively the outcome that you want rather than the bad thing that you want to get rid of. It's a, it's a small but really powerful difference. So think about what you want. And actually, if you say, it's not that I want to get away from being unfit and overweight, but I want to be healthy. Yes. That's a really different proposition. And then you can ask yourself, so what does being healthy mean? So when I'm in that state of health, what kind of things am I going to have done or be doing every day? And probably going in the gym isn't going to feature. Because why would you choose to do something that you don't want to do in order to achieve something that you genuinely want? So I'd really encourage everyone that wants to make a change. And it's a challenge for me too. You know, think about what is the, the positive thing that you genuinely actually want in your heart and your head? When you've got it, what are the things that you're doing? And then just start doing them. And in everyday life, most people don't come across life coaches. It mm-hmm. wouldn't even occur to somebody. Why should people look look up life coaches? Why should people come and contact you it's, and say, it, come and help? It's interesting. Just um, when you were saying about being in the gym, falling off that treadmill and not having the encouragement, mm. I do the thing that I learned... And this was a 30-year wait, note to self. You know, with, with my weight and the struggle with that, what I realised was I couldn't do it on my own. And actually, asking for help is a very human thing to do, but I think it kind of gets bred out of us at some point yes. because, you know, when well, you're little... Well, it's a weakness. Well, that's it. But when you're little, it's the, you know... You, you ask for help, ask hundreds of questions because that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. But then I think the tipping point comes. You get into the world of work. You're being paid to do a job, paid to know mm-hmm. things, paid to have skills. So, therefore, we don't encourage not knowing. Not knowing is a form of weakness. But I actually think if you flip that and think, if I can't do this myself and then I go into a system where I can get help, it has mm-hmm. made all the difference. So if it's one-to-one or one-to-many... Um, you know, it's it's just a human thing to do, isn't mm-hmm, it? And, mm-hmm. and actually, there are degrees of help because I think, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think twice probably about lending help to a neighbour or a friend yes, in absolutely. need. Absolutely. But you know, when when we again we we're sort of not quite so kind to ourselves. So that would be the big thing. I think people they look for coaches because they probably just need some help. Yes. Although we're not, it's not just about help. It's about being a resource yes. and being useful because you know it's. Again, it's you, not about us. Yes. But I would say that's the premise. You know, we are we're, we're social creatures, and so we can't do everything on our own. Karen, mm. this just leads me on to say you were talking about change. You decided you didn't want to carry on doing what you were doing, mm. and you realised mm. that you needed to do something else, but yeah. you weren't quite sure. Yeah. And is it when people are at this stage of their life? Mm. Is this the point where you sort of might? sort of ring somebody like yourself and say can we talk this through can you help me to make some decisions please yes I I think it is and I'd also say that it could be something that's sort of got quite a big time span to it but it could also be something much shorter but nevertheless significant in some way so um yes so so short term medium term long term and anything in between um but the point um, is that once you get into conversation with someone, that, that is the game changer because that's the thing that, you know, creates the environment and the time and the space to think and that thinking that you perhaps just wouldn't do on your own and mm-hmm. that is one of the pivotal things that a, a coach can do is help you um, to think 
better, to think differently, to think outside the box, to to sort of also to unthink, you know, things and thoughts and beliefs that you have that actually when you start unpacking it, you think, well, actually it might not be true. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Yeah, and it's just um, it's just really liberating. It's just really liberating to be able to do it. Um, so that's why... Um, you know, I think we, we, we get phone calls and um, where people think, do you know what? That's it. They'll they'll have that. They'll say it in their head. That's it. I'm done or I'm going to do something. Amazing. Um, because I think until you get to that point, you know, you, you can't make someone ready for change. Yes. You can't. It has to come from yeah. within, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's like yeah. I yeah. know with no yeah. shadow yeah. of a doubt that yeah. this is my year for change. Yes. I think the other very important thing is it's fine to feel unsure. It's fine to be in a bit of a wilderness with all all the thinking and the not knowing. As Anne says, you know, typically we need to know... The things that stop us Mm. are the things that we we know that keep us safe, that keep us secure, that kind of it's our status quo. So that's the reward. But to, to sort of shake things up a bit and to not know... There could be and will be a, a bigger prize, always, always. I'm always. looking forward to my big prize. <laughs> it, it will come. I it really come. hope so. I just it will come. It was just a feeling. I think it, it started actually, if I might be so bold as say, when, with that first conversation that we had, Anne, because we sat there and we talked about. Well, I did a lot of talking that day and actually verbalising so much of the stuff that was inside my head and in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, really put my life into a slightly different perspective. Um, and it made me start thinking about the things that I actually might be able to achieve. So based on that, I mean, I think it's just been growing and growing and growing. And mm. I finally said at the end of last year, this is it. Mm, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's that enormous, I can't even describe it. It's almost like um, a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a volcano right here inside me. And it, I just want it to, you know, I just want, I just want to do something different. I just want to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and as I listen to you say that, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, you know, we hear listen to your inner voice, listen to yourself. And I think, you know, there's limited value in that because, you know, what does that mean? But actually when, as you've just described so beautifully, maybe you hear your own voice out loud having to articulate the things that you maybe have never even dared to think about before, let alone say out loud mm, to anyone. Mm. And to be able to say it to somebody who's got no vested interest. Yes. You know, yes, of course, mm. I would love to see everybody I work with make the changes that they genuinely want to make. My only vested interest in that is doing the best I can to help support them and enable that to happen. Yes. But actually, if it doesn't happen, there will be very good reasons for that. Indeed. But the hearing of one's own one's own voice out loud speaking those things is immensely powerful. It is very, very, very yeah. empowering. We're having so much fun in the studio today. It's almost <laughs> criminal to be enjoying ourselves quite so much. <laughs> having said that, I am going to um, change the tone very, very slightly. And are there people who just don't make that change after they've been in for coaching, they've tried to sort of change their lives, they've tried to sort of, you know, make a go of it? And does it work for everybody? Do you know, I'm going to come at that from a slightly different angle and think our default position as humans is Mm. probably to not make change. And it's picking up on something Karen said that, you know, when we have settled into a routine, when we've settled into a way of behaving and, and living our lives, 
even when we are dissatisfied or even unhappy or miserable or wretched with that, there will be all kinds of reasons and impulses keeping us there. And that is largely to do with safety, with security. Better the devil you know is another way of thinking of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I know, you know, there have been times when I have wanted to make change and I have not. And that hasn't been an active resistance. It's been more a case of something on the inside saying, no, 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 just just stick with what you know. And so back to your question, have there been people that uh, have not been able to make the change? Yes, Uh, initially and maybe even in the medium term. And the thing that I will usually come back at them with... Uh, in a gentle way is you know are we are we kind of trying to make the change that doesn't want to be made here what is this back to what i said earlier about wanting to have and being able to articulate yes. the positive that you want at the end of it and sometimes we can be working too hard at trying to solve the wrong problem really well so how do we re-ask the question so when the change isn't happening that's a cue to me to ask a different question or to ask it differently right to, to try and sort of tease yeah. out why yeah. things aren't moving yeah. forward because as i've experienced myself now i've i've not had life coaching in any format before i met both of you and for me what it's done is it's just opened up all these sort of different avenues mm. in my mind as to where i can go and what i can do it's actually made me feel a little bit invincible and that's purely because all those barriers that were in my mind before about all those reasons that were there for why I can't do something or shouldn't do something Mm. or won't be able to do Mm. something, they've all disappeared to a certain degree and they're melting. Mm. And as they melt... Well, I don't know what's quite rising out of that melt, yeah. but um, we shall find out by the end of this year what monster's been created. <laughs> and and you, know, you talk about barriers, Mimi, and I think it's really important that we respect and honour those barriers. They, they probably served us really well. Um, you know, I can think of, I go way back in my career when I thought I wanted a corporate career and I got the job that I really wanted. In fact, the, the company I worked for invented it for me. I was over the moon. Uh, this is 27 years ago. Okay, I've still got the card that I wrote to myself on that day. Wow. And within three weeks... I felt wretched about it. I thought, I don't want to do this. Mm. Um, But actually, all of the trappings that went with it, the accolades, everything that went with it, um, you know, carried greater weight for me at that point than the impetus for changing or for actually hearing my own voice and then saying, I actually don't want it to be this way. And so I sustained that for a while. And then the boss that I worked for at that point asked me a, a really fascinating question. I think it was the first time I'd ever been on the receiving end of a coaching question. And he said, Anne, when you come into work, I feel like you bring 20% of you which is more than enough for me. And that was the critical thing. Wow. Embedded in there was a compliment. Yes. You bring 20% of you, which is more than enough for me. What does the 80% of you that you leave outside the door want to be doing? Mm-hmm. What a question. What a question. I had to sit with that question That's for a long, question. long time. That's just put a, sent a chill down me. Yeah. It got uh, me too, even yeah. as I've repeated it. But what a brilliant question because yes. it was an acknowledgement that what I was doing was enough. Yes. But also an inquiry into what is it that is beyond that. Yes, that you need that to actually do. That I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that I knew, but he probably didn't. Yes. But he got me to ask the question of myself. 
And so I think there's something around barriers that serve a purpose. When we hit them, we say, what are they helping me mm-hmm. to uh, continue to do that keeps me feeling okay? Mm-hmm. And then one day we might think, okay, let's take a little peek over and see what's on the other side yes. of it. And I think out of that then comes that impetus, that confidence, that curiosity, that, that rebelliousness, you know, that we heard yeah. about in that lovely song. Yes. That, that gets you curious. Be your own detective. Go and find out what might be there. This is Wickham Sound. I'm really, really enjoying your company. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's been, it's just wonderful. It's, it's so um, enlightening, actually. It's really, I, and I hope everybody listening is really getting something out of this. On that note, actually, if people want to contact you to find out more about where they can, you know, find some more information, what, whether it would work for them, if they're willing to do some life coaching mm. themselves, and you know, if they want, mm. you know, where would they go for that sort of information? Well, um, there's a very, very good website which is um, called lifecoachdirectory.co.uk and on there you will have um, a national database so it's kind of put in your postcode and that will pop a coach in your area and you will see um, coaches with all kinds of different backgrounds, um, backgrounds like myself and Anne th- through business or through a business school or, mm-hmm. um, but essentially they've all, they're all qualified, they've all got the appropriate insurance um so they sort of tick the criteria to be coaching so that's a really good way if you're just sort of online sort of having a bit of a nose round we can we can find a life coach and what what would you say would be reasons that would motivate you to find somebody to come and help you you just know i think this there's, there's there's some kind of deep instinct in us uh, that karen used the word itch you know mm-hmm. there's an itch there's something that you will know is there, even if you don't listen to it for a while. Um, there will be something in there that at some point will become strong enough to tip you over into taking action to doing something. Mm, I yeah. understand that feeling because yeah. that's what I've been going through yeah. and I get it. But if you haven't got there yet, maybe after listening mm. to this, you'll get there. You'll That itch will start mm. <laughs> and you'll need to do something about it. I think it also comes from two places. If we sort of think of, um, you know, um, opposite ends of the spectrum, it can come from a place of being so up for it, you just need that buff to get you going. Mm. But it could also come from a place of deep dissatisfaction. You've put up and shut up, perhaps, for too long about something. It might be a... A bad relationship or or an aspect of work that you're not happy about there will be something so I think to notice whether you're kind of heading either way they I think they can both be signals to do something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and one of the things that we sort of touched on here and there but never really articulated so life coaching coaching it can help you with sort of clearing out some of the the bad stuff can't it or some of the unimportant stuff or maybe just clearing out some of the myths that you've lived by all your life is that would that be true to say absolutely yes i love that phrase the myths that you've lived by all your life you know we all have beliefs that we hold to be absolutely true Mm -hmm. that at some point in our life might well have been and they will have served us well but we tend not to get around to revisiting them i just sorted out my airing cupboard okay (laughs) now there there is relevance here so what i realized i've got quite a big walk-in airing cupboard and what i realized is that all the stuff i use is on the front shelf just inside the door and there's a mountain of stuff further back that i probably haven't touched 
for for months or even yes, years. Yes. And it's a bit like that with our belief systems. What are the ones that we live with at the forefront? Every day they, they, they're, they're serving us well. And what are all those others that are in the, the, the darker depths, you know, on, on the <laughs> shelves behind that, that were useful when we first got them, but actually we don't need them anymore. Yes. So to, to carry on the metaphor, I've got rid of about seven sack loads full. Good heavens. That is a big airing cupboard. A massive amount of stuff that I still like. I still Mm. like and I still look at it and think, yeah, that's okay. But would I go out and buy that today? No. And so I think there's a similar audit that we can do uh, when we think about the rules that we set for ourselves in terms of how we live. What are the rules at the back of that cupboard that, you know, served me well sometime? But I wouldn't actually go out and choose to subscribe to that rule today. Amazing. I love that. So, so here, here's perhaps a little project, something that your your listeners could even think about for this year, because before Anne and I um, came onto the show, we were we were sitting chatting about, um, you know, typically if we take a, like a house project, and I actually do sort of hoard, do work with people that have a ho- hoarding me, problems. Me, oh, me, okay. right? Okie dokie. So if you think you can either... Shocking upcycle so it can um it can be used somewhere else within the home it can be thrown it can be recycled or regifted or kept so if you work with those four little things i always have a mantra worst first so what would you tackle first for me it's always the loft because that's where all the gadgets all the stuff that you know the hidey hole in the house you know the influx of presents at christmas some of it ends up upstairs so we have i have i've had my tip run already this year i'm feeling good and then there's the shed there's the garden so i kind of have this cycle of kind of upcycling recycling chucking and keeping and it works a treat because you feel lighter even coming back from the tip with an empty boo i can't tell you but but that weeding and pruning um can be a metaphor f- yeah. f- for other things as well. What do you hang on to that's no longer serving oh, you? All that good stuff, that's you know. That's so hard, though. That I is know. so hard. I mean, I you can see my body language. I mean, I'm listening to <laughs> yeah, you and I'm you know, absolutely in despair thinking about my own house. My house, I must just tell you what a neighbour described it as once. She said, one day we're going to hear this absolutely massive explosion and we're all going to go running out into Hollybush Lane And when we look up at the sky, it'll be dark because what has happened is the roof of your house has just exploded (laughs) and all your things are just spilling out into the sky around it and your house has just exploded because it simply cannot afford any more. I'm shocking. I'm the world's worst. I have a sentimental value to everything. I'll go to the theatre. I must keep that ticket. Um, I, I had a nice day somewhere and I bought something somewhere and I must keep mm-hmm. that as a memory or a, a cork out of a champagne bottle that was for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. I must keep it all. And then I'll keep the elastic bands that the postman's just dropped because I might need it for something. I mean, I am the world's worst. Every room looks like it's been burgled. <laughs> <laughs> We, we'd have, we would have a filled day. We'd have a filled day because... You wouldn't talk to me anymore no, if you no, saw no, no, the no. way I lived. No, no, no I, absolutely I it's would. It's very hygienic, but it's full of stuff. But the thing, but the thing to, to, to know is that the anxiety peaks just before you make the decision to mm. keep or not keep. And as soon as you make the decision not to keep something that's not serving you, it goes. Mm. That, and, and, and the anxiety reduces. Know that... 
and that's the start. My clothes. I can't get rid of my clothes. I've been so many different dress sizes in my life and I keep thinking I'm going to go back to that dress size I was many years ago. I don't think so, but I still can't bear to part with the clothes. And so the question I would ask you to ask yourself is to look at that dress fully in the eye and say, if I were your size again, would I buy you? today mm. i did pull one out like that and it had the um the, the dynasty shoulder pads mimi it's and gotta go it's gotta go you know coaches don't usually tell you what to do. we are united here it's gotta go i just looked at that and i just thought will i ever wear that again never but suppose i get invited to an 80s party then that would be so useful i won't have to source a costume there are vintage shops thing. for that <laughs> can i just say something mm. about the, you, the champagne cork right let's take mm. that as an example the mementos the elastic band the ticket it's the, the things that we keep because of places we've been or yeah. people we've met or experiences that we've had. What we are wanting to preserve there is the feeling that we got when we were in mm. that place or with that person. Mm. And so yeah. by definition, because this thing has happened, we want to preserve a memory. Yes. And so that little physical object is a connection that we can keep to the to the memory. And so another way that you might, or and anyone listening who's, who's got lots of little shoeboxes of things or even crates of things, you know, maybe you can write yourself a storybook. Uh, I, I worked with someone recently who decided that instead of keeping all this stuff, she would line it all up in chronological order. She filled two rooms wow. with bits and pieces. None of them was bigger than, she said, the size mm. of a tennis ball. It was lots of little things, yep. kind of things that you've talked about. She lined them all up and she put little post-its marking out years that these things belong to. And then she photographed it all and she made an album and she wrote a life story. And she said, my life in objects. Wow. And she wrote a life story covering wow. 35 years. Wow. Starting with, it was actually a ticket, a theatre ticket, a right. programme. Right, um, From a show that she'd been to 35 years that ago. I can't throw and she wrote away. the story and then she, she consigned it all to recycling. See, I don't know if I would be that strong. Yet. 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 Oh, yet. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's another... Um, work in progress mm. <laughs> I haven't actually tackled that side of my life yet but I must at some point but, but the other thing that is always available to you is somebody that could work with you to do it mm-hmm. because there's the the independence of not having the attachment yes. so the thing I would say if you really wanted to make a change and you can't that's that's kind of prime territory to mm. go get the help and make it okay yes and make it okay and you'll you know you'll you'll crack through the work and literally just by having you ladies in my life i have (laughs) really started rethinking the direction that i'm going in and i've started to make some really quite big changes for myself um so it's been absolutely brilliant having you both here today Uh, we could have talked to you for hours and hours and hours (laughs) there is so much to talk about but i love that whole clearing out thing i hope everybody listening is enjoying that and has decided that you're going to have a little go if you need to find somebody to help you my guests today um, Karen Haynes and James, absolutely amazing. Um, if you want de- more details about them, you can contact me here at Wickham Sound. And the address for that is mimi at wickhamsound.org.uk. And it's been a pleasure to have your company listening in. And ladies, it's been amazing having you in here today. You have been just fantastic, giving us loads of ideas, a, a real refresher course into who we can be <laughs> if we you. want to be and why we should do it if we want to make the changes. It's Thank been you, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, thoroughly enjoyed your company. And hopefully you might come back again and do another one of these. And we might get some guests in as well Ooh, to talk yes, about it. That would be really yeah, good. Fabulous. And talk about real situations. We'll bring a roll of black bags with us, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Only when you come to me next time.
Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so you. my special guest today, um, Anne James and Karen Haynes, thank you very much indeed for coming to Wickham Sound and for sharing your experiences with us on Life Coaching. Uh, thank you out there for listening to us. And your final song choice, please. I think it's you, Karen. Yes. Um, so my final song choice is I Will Wait by Mumford & Sons. Um, and a bit like Anne's last song choice, this is a song choice about forgiveness and um you know i think that the art of forgiveness is is an important one um and something that we need to to be mindful of because of what it can free us up from when we're able to exercise it not always easy um but uh, that's the reason i absolutely love this song because forgiveness should have a place in all our lives um and uh, yeah, that's it. A perfect ending to an absolutely brilliant show. Thank you so much, ladies. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you out there for listening. You've been listening to Mimi Harker. This is Mimi Meets, and you've been listening on Wickham Sound. You've been listening to a podcast from Wickham Sound. To find out more, head to wickhamsound.org.uk.